0: Okay, hello and welcome to uh, the latest episode of EdTech Today. My name is Kevin Hogan. Uh, I'm the host. I'm glad you found us. Ma, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation.
1: Thank you, Kevin. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Let
0: me, you let me ask you, first off, where were you clicking in from?
1: I'm in San Francisco, and uh, where the Adobe offices are, but in my home, in my living room.
0: <laughs> of course, like everyone else. Right. So, but uh, the uh, offices down on 7th and Townsend, I'm.
1: That's assuming. right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's I,
0: I, mean. I will. Uh, I will date myself here by one of the first stories I ever wrote was about Multimedia Gulch. And oh, really? So that would have been 1993, <laughs> I think, before the internet. Uh, and that was the Macromedia building, I think. Yes, that was the Macromedia
1: building. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a uh, uh, well, it's a wonderful place and, and, and a great place to be. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, your work that you've had to do from your home instead of the office this this past year. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the conversations that I've been having with ed tech executives have focused around how their work has taken a complete transformation, specifically in the education space, mm-hmm. from one where they identify themselves as ed tech and uh, now almost kind of see themselves as Customer service or, uh, or student service in the way they, they think about mm-hmm. their work. Can you talk a little bit about your work at Adobe and specifically how your passions may have changed as a result of COVID?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, um, what's interesting, Kevin has reflected on this a lot since the pandemic has started. At some level, the work hasn't changed, but it's just been accelerated, mm. right? Um, if you reflect on education as a vertical or industry, it's one of those industries that actually hasn't changed in hundreds of years, right? Students still used to go to school, teachers stood in front of the classroom and wrote on a you know blackboard or a whiteboard. Um, and that's the way education happened. Uh, but every other industry around education, um, has changed and completely reinvented itself. And especially if you put yourself in the sort of the context of this generation that is studying, mm. they are so incredibly digitally savvy that going to school was almost like an oxymoron to the experience in the, the, the rest of their lives. So what is happening in education was required. Um, and it's just what what COVID did or the pandemic did is just created this injection point and inflection point to accelerate the change that was much needed. And so from Adobe's context, you know, our mission is to enable creativity for everyone and digital literacy for everyone. We build software, of course. Um, we've been on the path to make it more accessible, getting software on the web. We've been on the path to help you know, users be more successful with our products through learning content, through community initiatives like Adobe Live. Think of it as Twitch for creativity, Uh, but brought to you by Adobe. Uh, And um, initiatives to bring uh, efficiency and efficient processes in education by having teachers use Acrobat and PDF uh, for lessons plans, or um, using signatures as opposed to uh, paper forms. Um, so all of this has been in play um, with Adobe in a high priority. The pandemic just made it essential that we make it accessible immediately to as many students, teachers, and administrators. And that's what we've been doing. We've been accelerating um, our, uh, our, our focus. Uh, we've made our products. Almost 54 million students, I think, globally were given access to Creative Cloud for free if they, as part of their institution.
0: either
1: K-12 or higher ed. Um, That was through the the school year when the pandemic started. And in the US, the K-12 students still have access to it for free. We extended it to this entire school year, so through August. Um, So that was the one sort of quick thing we did. Um, The the other part is teachers. Like teachers, their lives have been upended, right? Um, They are looking to go through a curriculum in a certain way, And all of that was sort of ripped away from them because they did not have the students in the classroom anymore. So how do teachers who already struggle with engaging students, engage students while they're not in front of them and are probably gaming on the side or on their phone (laughs) on the side? Like, how do you engage them, right? right? How do you bring creativity into the classroom? That has been our our second uh, big initiative. We have a platform called... Adobe Education Exchange. Over a million teachers globally you know, uh, get content there. Um, but what we realized, even that was not sufficient. We needed to train teachers to think creatively and bring creativity into the classroom. Because um, a student is more likely to engage if you tell them to create a video as opposed to ask, you know, answer a and um, That is sort of you know, just words. So um, we built some really uh, interesting content along with um, Khan Academy, mm. uh, where integrating creativity and Khan tutorials in a way that um, teachers can bring projects into the classroom that require students to think more creatively and create content that is more creative. Um, so it, 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 in and making sure teachers feel confident to teach creativity. We've been certifying teachers. We launched a new program in the middle of the pandemic. So teachers could, you know, uh, take a few tests, do a few things and get certified to be creatively inclined and creatively ready to teach creativity in the classroom. Um, So a lot, I would say. Um, Yeah,
0: as always, that is.
1: (laughs) I, was it's like, been, I am
0: trouble even just getting to the supermarket with my mask on and I, it, having conversations yeah. such as this to, see, to be able to do so much during this uh, this time period is really an impressive feat uh, for the yeah. company and for you.
1: And the other thing, which is really, and I'm sure this will resonate with you, you know, you know I'm sure in your life whether there's friends or you know, family that are, you know, young adults, right? They are on the internet consuming YouTube content, consuming content. They are consuming videos, right, or making them. And a big part of the recognition of education and creativity is that a lot of people were turning to creativity hmm. to actually um, address sort of the uh, the stress that was created in their lives and especially students. So we, we've launched many... Um, what might seem like fun campaigns, but very intentional to engage students um, to create content. We've done uh, various partnerships with celebrities, whether it's a Billie Eilish or a Lil Nas. We've done, you know, um, uh, programs with Reddit where students can create things and publish them. Um, So it's really been a all-encompassing effort to one, get the teachers ready to be effective in the classroom. Two, help the students um, with uh, content that they can engage with and getting access to software easily through their schools. Um, and also helping the administrative needs of a school to get more efficient.
0: Yeah. Have you uh, been able to track it all? Um the usage uh, of your tools. So when I think about Adobe and I think about the the large number of tools that you have, uh, but that, you know, maybe in years past, there were a lot of teachers who had those things at hand, but never really used them because, you know, this is the way I've always done it. And now everyone's been forced into this remote. Have you seen an uptick of of usage? Uh, I know a number of educators that I speak to, specifically tech directors are almost a little guilty in the fact that they feel like this is what I've been waiting for, not the pandemic, but the use of these tools and remote learning and having hybrid setups and the ability of there's no longer an argument whether or not a student needs to have a device at home or have to have a legitimate you know, access to to the Internet. Right. Talk a little bit about that. Have you seen uh, an uptick or a surge in the in the use of your products? I assume so.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. In in fact, it was um, dramatic to see how, as the pandemic intensified, usage increased, right, Uh, and access uh, of the software increased. Because one, people had more time, but two, with distance learning, um, you know, going to the labs was obviously out of the question. Um, and, uh, so students were using the applications at, in the context of home or on the devices. Absolutely. Um, and, and, not just students in general, right across the board, we've seen an increase because whether it's for school or for work, um, or for just their own sanity, I think people have been trying to express themselves, yep. which is, you know, this is, a, a, we believe creativity is so germane to just being human. Um, it, it a lot of people turn to it naturally.
0: Well, and you know, even as all this was going on, there was another seismic moment last summer, which you've written about in, in terms of talking about uh, digital equity and and, and digital literacy. Mm-hmm. And when you look at um, some of the art that was created, uh, and specifically video by students. Uh, you know, as young as five, and up in, into into the university level, in terms of communicating the changes that were happening with uh, with the protests and others, talk a little bit about that. I mean, that must be a real um, moment of pride for for you and for the company to be the the platform for for those sorts of uh, endeavors.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the I think what's really Adobe, you know, does a lot to not just within adobe for our employees itself like equitable uh treatment of people um is a, is a value that adobe lives by internally and expresses itself externally as well whether it's you know uh, with the black lives matter initiative uh, you know what we're seeing happen today against uh, asian um uh you know um asian people like this is something that um Adobe stands against and uh, is uh, for equitable uh, treatment of all people. And to that extent, the platform that we have, whether it's Behance as a community, whether it is um, programs like our creative resident program, where we changed it uh, during the pandemic again to provide, again, uh, sponsorships to individuals who wanted to tell these stories, um, it is it's a it's a great deal of pride for Adobe, and more importantly um it's about Kevin about enabling our our customers our users our members um, to express themselves
0: mm. One other um, there are so many different things that have have been cast into the tumult uh, as a result of what we've been going through in the education space specifically i've been having some conversations about the way that assessment of students is going to be forever changed. You see kind of the implosion of of, uh, the SAT and the ACT and a lot of the state tests that weren't even administered, let alone being able to give an accurate gauge. And I hear more and more talk about a phrase that I've heard for years, but it's always been just kind of conceptual, and that is the idea of a digital portfolio. Uh, and the absolutely. way people store that
1: stuff—that's yes, what it
0: is. So, yeah. So, so give me, uh, and I know that Adobe has has always been uh, an advocate for that sort of work. Has that, that's something that has accelerated uh, as well this year?
1: Absolutely. So there's a there's a taxonomy that we use in at Tech, which you know you may have heard of as well, Kevin. It's called the Bloom's taxonomy. Yes. And uh, as you're familiar with it, um, and I'm very, very passionate about that taxonomy because it clearly identifies how to truly assess that somebody has learned something, right? Uh, There's sort of the rote learning, which is sort of the basic way um, uh, of uh, knowing that somebody has understood something. But if somebody actually creates something, it is an absolute truth that they have understood uh, that concept and and this is why um the digital portfolio piece has been a huge uh, area of focus for adobe in fact during the pandemic again we made portfolios free for students for a year mm. uh, because of this conviction that we have is that the one way that students can keep showing that they are learning and that they can add value is through digital content they create you've probably heard of um the expression, uh, you know, photo is worth uh, a thousand words. At Adobe, we say uh, a prototype is worth a thousand meetings, right? Mm-hmm. So for somebody to create a prototype in an engineering class or even an English class of a concept that they're trying to get across um, is a way more compelling way for a hiring manager or for, a, you know, um, faculty to determine if that student is qualified at that particular skill. So 100% um, digital portfolios are have become a big part of the conversation. Um, I think I was having a conversation with um, some leaders at Arizona State University. Mm. They were talking about the importance of digital portfolios. So I was having a conversation with um, uh, an, um, a CIO of, uh, in Australia. Uh, so this, this is a very... Um, And the good news is that it is very uh, factual and it is, uh, it takes away this need for proctoring um, Mm. and it really puts the um, onus in the hands of the student to prove that they have the skill. And along
0: with just the, um, you know, the the rote assessment of work, uh, another trend I keep hearing and Adobe keeps popping up in those conversations is the idea of uh, micro-credentialing. Uh, You see uh, Google, both Google and Microsoft beginning to give out courses and certification on on the use of their tools. Uh, It seems to me that uh, Adobe would be right along uh, the lines of that, considering the types of work that that people do with your platform, right? Can you talk a little bit about the world of micro-credentialing when it comes to Adobe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Certification is a big part of what, um, you know, creators Uh, look to get in order to get employed. And for the most part, Adobe partners with the ecosystem. There are many players in the the ecosystem today who we partner with and uh, they certify people and that's sort of been our approach. Um, And uh, I think there's also the angle that you touched on briefly, which is the way students are getting certified um, is not always through a college now. They can go to digital platforms and get certified. And there again, um, Adobe is very much um, uh, recognizing of that and supporting that, right? So for example, XD uh, is a tool that um, is very much used when you're trying to get certified for UX or UI. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are partnerships we have, and that's more of a partnership and ecosystem approach that we have.
0: Great, great. When you, um, you know, thankfully, we can kind of start to look uh <clears throat> part of me at the, end, at the end of the tunnel here with the vaccinations going forward. And more and more educators I talk to are hopeful that next fall will be back to normal, uh, whatever, whatever normal means. Um, can you look to the future yourself and see that many of these programs that you have enacted, will they just go away? Or do you see this being a permanent sort of Transformation in the way that uh, Adobe does business with with students.
1: Yeah, I I don't think this is going away, Kevin. I think uh, the pandemic was really a catalyst to making this change happen, which has been um, very much necessary. Uh, I think that as it relates to K twelve and especially maybe K to five or maybe even K to six. seven um sometimes schools serve as a necessary um uh, you know help for parents who are going to work so it becomes almost like a daycare Uh, so i think when it comes to uh, younger grades the importance of um in-person learning uh will continue and will probably be probably the majority of the experience however even in that instance the digital experience that these Uh, students have had and what the teachers have learned in terms of how projects might get assigned and how projects might get assessed, uh, I think will absolutely change. Now, when it comes to high school and higher ed, I think distance learning and hybrid is here to stay. There is so much efficiency tied with that. There is so much sort of what, what Khan Academy established as learning on your own terms where, uh, and self-based learning is what all of us and all students are experiencing right now. Uh, in fact, I'm doing a course, an online course right now on, on a passion that I have, which is a, it's a meditation course I'm trying to get certified in. It's 100% online. And what I'm learning is so incredibly powerful. And I see the same thing happening in the context of, you know, going to college, uh, going to high school. So I don't think that's going to change. Um, and which is good which is good because there's more flexibility, uh, which is good because students anywhere in the world can study anywhere right. based on you know, how great the school is. It kind of puts the onus uh, you know, in, on the schools uh, to prove that they are uh, a great place to learn and um, that when you learn and graduate from there, uh, there's a greater probability for you to get employed. So the connection between learning and employability um, will require um, the digitization of education. So I just think it's going to get accelerated and get, um, I- imagine the Amazon for education. Like all of us expect to have a personalized experience in every other aspect of our life. Sure, and sure. that is the future of education. What happened to retail 10 years ago, and it took 10 years for every retailer to create an e-tail website that was personalized, is going to get accelerated, and it's going to happen in education in a fraction of that time. It must,
0: right, right. It's amazing to think about um, all the positive things that, that that seem to be coming out of this. And and we we hit on so many different topics from from assessment to uh, social emotional learning. When you talked about uh, the students using your your platform to uh, show an outlet to to what is happening and the creation of that, uh, and to those forward uh, thinking thoughts too. Uh, usually I have to try to finish my conversations by asking a glass half full question, but I think you already uh, supplied that uh, for me. So thank you so much for your time. I
1: really appreciate it. Absolutely, Kevin. It was an absolute pleasure. You know, I'll end on a couple of maybe uh, stories that have really uh, resonated with me. You talked about the resilience of students yeah. um, and they need to express themselves. Um, there's kind of two, two, two parts to that or maybe two ends of uh, uh uh, two ends on that spectrum right one is um uh, a a story of a little girl or a young woman i should say from the philippines and um it's the story of how she back in 2013 there was a major typhoon in the philippines that um, impacted her community and what she realized um is that had the government sort of provided the warnings in a way that the community understood what the impact could be, people would have left and gone to a safer place. So she, although she's a STEM student, a student of physics, uh, she used uh, graphics and Adobe software to create a story that captured the impact of that typhoon in a way that would have resulted in people you know, uh, leaving that particular community and finding a safe ground, which, resulted in her getting a scholarship, and now she's at MIT. So what's really fascinating about that story, going back to connecting the conversation we had, she was able to tell a socially relevant story. She was able to bring creativity into a STEM-related subject, and she was able to secure a position in in a a prestigious school where she's getting um, now her degree. And I think that is, Um, the power of creativity. On the other side of the spectrum, uh, uh, a story closer to home, I have a little nephew who's 11 years old. And he's, uh, you know, a gamer like every good 11-year-old should be. (laughs) Of course. And um, he is, um, during the pandemic, he's built his own website on Squarespace. He's created his own brand. I happen to have it here. It's a merch that he's created. And the point is that it's these kids are so digitally savvy that the spectrum of them being able to um have an impact in the world uh like that student from philippines did and on the other stretch somebody who's thinking about gosh i'm empowered to do anything here yeah. i can start my business as an 11 year old is a reality and that's where i think education and you know companies like adobe uh, need to rise to the occasion and enable this next generation
0: yeah, and then they and they have a, a recognition of their own learning path as well when I look at yes. at, at my own children where i 'm still not half aware of what, what i 'm doing or <laughs> where i 'm going, but you know just their agency their their ability to kind of track themselves and to, to find these tools and to yes. kind of get meted about it is uh again another another uh, net positive uh, out of all this that I think we even realize that we had a year to sit back and and look at it and realize um, of of all the positives that that are coming out of this. So, well, once again, Mala, I really appreciate your time. Really inspiring stuff for our our audience, and I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, Kevin. Pleasure to meet you.
0: Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for watching. I look forward to the next EdTech Today.